Hello, my name is Rick Pearson, and this is Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. We're currently in our podcast studio due to the COVID-19 lockdown restrictions. And this Bible study podcast studio is where we answer multiple questions from across the nation every Thursday at 7 p.m. We've had so many questions come in, we thought we would like to share those with you, our TV audience. So we're going to be addressing those questions, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. Uh, I have with me today my wife, Karen Pearson, and Karen assists me every Thursday at 7 p.m. where we answer questions that you send in on our Bible study podcast. That's right. So, Karen, welcome aboard. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We're glad to have you. (laughs) Today we're going to talk and answer some of the questions that have come in concerning our first episode on prophets. Does God have prophets in America today? And how do you know who is and who isn't a prophet? Is the role the same as it was in years gone by? These are some of the questions that we're going to address. You know, prophets are supposed to hear God's voice and then foretell future events that in some cases have already come to pass, but in other cases are happening right now under our noses. So stay tuned. Before we answer those questions about the prophetic movement in the future, we need to go back into the past. And we're going to have a quick repeat of episode one concerning the foundational structure of a prophet, his purpose, and his calling. So listen to this. The first recorded episode of man hearing God's voice was the biblical account of God speaking directly to Adam telling him to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. The fall of Adam brought a breach between God and man, yet God continued to speak to Adam's immediate descendants, Cain and Abel, in both blessing those who were faithful and rebuking those who had fallen into sin. According to Hebrew scripture, man's sinful nature reached such a climax that eventually God decided to destroy all mankind. However, Because of the righteousness he found in one man, God spoke to Noah, who eventually built an ark, saving his family for the purpose of establishing a human race, who would walk in covenant with the God who had created them. In Genesis 10, Noah's descendants became the foundational beginnings of all nations today. However, the covenant that God had given to Noah was originally designed to be carried on through his bloodline, initiated over 300 years after the flood by one man who proved to be more righteous than any other descendant of Noah. That man was the Jewish patriarch Abraham. Hebrew scripture gives Abraham the first title of prophet 
utilizing the Hebrew word Nabi, which would be repeated more than 320 times in the Old Testament and continued 160 times in the New Testament Greek text. The Hebrew word Nabi or prophet is defined in three ways. First, as an inspired teacher of the will of God. Second, as one who speaks for another. And third, one who foretells the future. 400 years after Abraham's death, the offspring of Abraham's children, Isaac and Jacob, found themselves under the servanthood of slavery in Egypt, fulfilling the exact word the Lord had given to Abraham. It was at this time that God raised up one of Israel's most famous prophets, Moses. After the miraculous exodus from Egypt, it was through Moses that the official inauguration of the prophet's office was showcased at Mount Horeb. It was here that for the first and only time in scripture, God spoke audibly to two million children of Israel. However, due to the people's fearful response of asking God not to speak directly to them lest we die, God officiated the office of prophet for the remainder of humanity. From that time forward, the Lord promised to raise up prophets like unto Moses and to put his words into their mouths so the prophet shall speak to the people all that I shall command him. In this sense, the word spoken by God was identified as the Hebrew word gala, to uncover, or the Greek word apocalyptian, to unveil, of which we get the English word revelation from. The Lord would therefore equip his prophets with a divine disclosure or spoken word as it relates to nations, future events, or personal direction. Perhaps this is why Deuteronomy 29.29 states, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things he reveals unto us belong to us and to our children. Amos said, surely the Lord will do nothing unless he reveal it first to his servants, the prophets. Welcome back, folks. I have with me what most of my personal friends tell me is my better half, my wife, Karen. And Karen's going to ask us some questions that people have sent in on the podcast. And we're going to answer those questions. We have so many, but this is our first Q&A uh, on, on our TV program. So, Karen, what, what is the first question that you have? Okay, we have multiple, but the first one that I have is from Sandy. Uh, Sandy asks, Rick, you said there are Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets. What is the difference between those two offices? Okay, um, Deuteronomy 18.18 18 says that the Lord would raise up prophets and he would put my words in their mouth. And he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto the words of the prophets, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. So the prophet's job is to first hear from God and then speak the word that God has spoken to him. And in that sense, both Old and New Testament prophets have the same task. However, the difference comes from those who hear the prophetic word. And the difference is in the Old Testament, prophecy was for direction. You couldn't even hear from God unless you had a prophet to speak for him. Mm -hmm. But in the New Testament, everyone has the ability to hear God's voice. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and sup with him and he with me. 
And he also said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, a prophetic word in the New Testament, what we should be hearing is, is a confirmation from the prophet of what God is already speaking to us. So our goal is to follow Jesus' word, not anyone else's word. And somebody might say that's, that's listening, well, I've never heard God's voice, and that's not true. Have you ever stolen something? Or, or told a lie or done something wrong and you just didn't feel good about it? Well, guess what? Psychologists may call that your conscience, but Elijah called it God's still small voice. Mm -hmm. When you hear someone preach or teach or prophesy, it will always lead you to what the Bible already tells you what to do. And Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, for ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You can hear directly from God. You do not need a prophet or any man to stand between you and your maker. You have a direct line to God and you have his written word right here to confirm everything that he speaks to you. However, God still has prophets which is everyone in the body of Christ, because we can all hear God's word. So I guess that's, that's my question is, or my answer is, Old Testament was directional. New Testament is confirmational. Right. When the prophet speaks, it'll confirm something that's already in you. And I think that leads to our next question here. And the next question is from Tom. Tom asks, uh, many people are calling themselves prophets today, but I sometimes find all these people saying different things extremely confusing. How do the modern day prophets fit into America's role in prophecy? That's a great question, Tom. How do modern day prophets fit into America's role today? Well, Ephesians 4.11 tells us that prophets are for today. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, it's all part of the five-fold ministry to deliver a word to the body of Christ. But the prophets today are there to confirm the word, not to give you direction. Right. In our ministry here, we are taking the scriptures out of this book and we're giving you direction and perhaps a new insight into something you've never seen before. But as you read this book, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and will confirm the word. We don't give you direction. The Holy Spirit gives you the direction, but you may find confirmation from what he's telling you from listening to our teaching. Exactly. You're connecting the dots. We're trying to connect the dots. In fact, listen to this message and we'll be right back with you with some more questions. United Nations has a 2030 agenda. The World Economic Forum has a great reset. The COVID-19 pandemic has an accelerated mandate. But as the new world order plans their world without God, nothing will be accelerated faster than the prophetic word God has spoken to the United States of America. It will be the hour that changes everything. 
Prophecy USA is proud to present their latest book, The Hour That Changes Everything, together with our study guide and free app. Prepare yourself for one of the greatest events in Bible prophecy. Go to prophecyusa.org or call the number on your screen now to make your donation of $35 or more and receive your copy of the book, The Hour That Changes Everything. We are waiting to hear from you. Call today. Hey folks, have you ever been witnessing to somebody and you just can't remember verses or recall the eight providential nations in scripture, let alone how America meets all 53 descriptions of the seventh nation in Bible prophecy? Well, now Prophecy USA has a free app and every TV program, podcast, and all 53 descriptions of America's role in Bible prophecy will be in the palm of your hand. Together with our study guide, you can study to show thyself approved at any time, any place, and at any given moment. You can even upload the app onto your friend's phone or iPad and let them find out for themselves where this generation fits on God's prophetic time clock. To get the free app, go to prophecyusa.org. And for a donation of $20 or more, we will include a 100-page study guide boldly proclaiming America's role in Bible prophecy. Welcome back. We're talking about prophets in America, and Karen has a multitude of questions, so let's go on with question number three, Karen. Diane wrote in, and she said, there are many people that come to my church and say they are prophets. Sometimes they say some pretty strange and unusual things. How do I know what is true and what is not? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, in the Old Testament, the prophets did some pretty strange and unusual things. Uh, in 750 BC, Isaiah prophesied to about a dozen nations that would fall. And in one instance, the Lord told him to walk around with only a loincloth on, prophesying the fall of Egypt and Ethiopia to Assyria. Uh, in 600 BC, Jeremiah walked with a yoke around his neck, prophesying the fall of Judah to Babylon. And then Ezekiel shaved off his hair. He laid down for 360 days on his side, prophesying the destruction of a nation. You know, sometimes prophets were called to do strange and unusual things. But just because you do strange and unusual things doesn't mean you're a prophet. That's for sure. Sometimes it just means you're strange and unusual. <laughs> Despite, the, the Bible says to test prophecy. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, it says, Despise not prophesying, but prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. 1 John 4 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And then finally, we know that, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And that's John 16, 13. And that's John 16, 13. Now, there's seven ways to judge prophecy in Scripture. A prophetic word always points to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
Deuteronomy 18.20 specifically says that he shall speak, if, if a prophet speaks in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall lie. So every prophet speaks first and directs you towards the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Secondly, mm -hmm. a prophet always points you to Jesus Christ. First uh, John 4, 1 says, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Antichrist, yes. Anyone who doesn't point to God or point to Jesus Christ is a false prophet. In John 14, 6, 26, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father except it be by me. And then in John 15, it says, When the Comforter has come, he will draw all men unto me. Uh, 2 Peter 2.1 says, But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there were false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. You know, Matthew 7, 15 says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves, and by their fruit you will recognize them. Mm -hmm. So it always points to God and always points to Jesus. Thirdly, a prophetic word always bears witness with your spirit. In Luke 24, 32, when Jesus rose from the dead, Cleopas and another woman were talking to Jesus. And they said, didn't our hearts burn within us as he opened up the scripture? That was an inner witness inside of them. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And Psalms 42, 7 says, deep calls unto deep. The Holy Spirit inside of the prophet will speak and the Holy Spirit inside of you will discern whether that's from God or not. You will have a quickening. You'll have an understanding. Um, in uh, Hebrews 5.14, it says, But strong meat belongs to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern between good and evil. When someone is prophesying falsely, you will have an inner witness. If a, if a person is prophesying and it's a word from God, there'll be a peace that accompanies that. And it'll be a confirmation, especially if it's directed to, to you. you. Right. You might have somebody saying, I think the Lord's calling you to Africa and you've been struggling with that calling for maybe several years. Well, that's a confirmation. But if, you've, if the Lord's never told you to go to Africa, and somebody tells you that God's calling you to Africa, you don't have to listen to him. Now, 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 3 says, But he that prophesy, prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. A prophetic word should always bring you comfort, even if it's a word of destruction coming to a nation. You will know that it's God, because the Holy Spirit inside of you, having your senses exercised, will be able to discern that word, 
and you'll be able to look around and join the dots. Absolutely. So that's the first. It points to God. It points to Jesus. And there's a confirmation on the inside. Mm -hmm. We have four more points on testing prophecy, and we'll be right back after this message. Four thousand years ago, an antichrist religion was birthed in ancient Babylon. Yet Joshua overcame it, Gideon overturned it, Elijah overwhelmed it, and Josiah overthrew it. This vile religion demands a rejection of God's commandments, a defiance of God's morals, a resurgence of asterisk poles with rampant immorality, and the shedding of innocent blood that cries out for judgment. These are the signs of a nation seduced by Baal worship. But what is the answer? 2,000 years ago, innocent blood was shed for you. But will America come back? Will she seek God's forgiveness or will she suffer His judgment? Prophecy USA proudly presents a study guide addressing America's spiritual state of the union concerning her past, present, and future role in Bible prophecy. Call right now with your donation of $20 or more to receive your copy, 1-888-306-1759, or go online to prophecyusa.org right now. Welcome back, folks. We're answering Diane's question, how do you test a prophetic word? And we've already gone through the first three points. A prophetic word always points to God, always points to Jesus, always has a confirmation within your spirit, and a prophetic word is always confirmed by Scripture and never contradicts it. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is quick, and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing sunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Remember, our senses are exercised when we have strong meat. A prophetic word always embraces the Ten Commandments. It never points you away from the Word of God. It always testifies of Jesus and gives all honor and glory and edification to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A true prophetic word always lifts you up. It never puts you down. If it confronts your sin, it always points to the cross for your salvation. If it reveals your sickness, it always directs you to a healing. Mm -hmm. If it points out your faults, it will also make a way for your co correction. There's never confusion in a prophetic word. And there's always transparency and clarity of thought. In 1 Corinthians 14, 31, it says, For you may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not the author of confusion but of peace. So when a prophetic word is given, even a word of destruction that's coming, there'll be a peace and a knowing inside of you. Mm -hmm. So that's the fourth test. Number five, a prophetic word always brings God's people back into covenant and prosperity. It never condemns or destroys, but comforts, exhorts, and edifies people to come back to God and forsake their sin. 
Prophets are not sent to put you down, but to lift you up. Jeremiah 23, 32 says, I'm against them that prophesy falsely. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them, Jeremiah. Therefore they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. A prophetic word will always bring you into peace and into God's prosperity mm -hmm. of love, joy, peace, and a sound mind. It does not bring you into confusion. Now, the sixth point in Scripture is that a prophetic word from God will always come to pass. In Deuteronomy 18.20, God says, If you say in your heart, how shall we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? If the word does not come to pass, this is the word which the Lord has not spoken, but the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You know, for the last 500 years, most theologians have taught that the city of Rome or some other city will be built in the last days and it'll become Babylon the Great. And there are there have been a multitudes of prophecy books and teachers tell us that America is nowhere to be found in Scripture. And yet this book has 53 descriptions of Babylon the Great and America meets every one. Yet many still oppose our views at Prophecy USA. Why is that? Is it because that although God's word is perfect, his messengers are not? Why does God use imperfect vessels to prophesy? The Bible says, because he has no other choice. 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. For when I was a child, I spake as a child, and I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things, for now we see through a glass darkly. Paul was talking about prophecy. We see through a glass darkly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a prophet speaks presumptuously. He thinks God's speaking to him, but it isn't. But that does not mean he's a false prophet. It just means that the word that came out of him didn't come from God, and you have all these ways to test that word. Mm -hmm. So is America Babylon the Great? Some say yes, some still say no. And so far we're waiting for the next 17 descriptions to be fulfilled. But if God so desires, before Babylon's destruction occurs, he may utilize the seventh description before he fulfills his word. Sometimes, sometimes God confirms his word with signs and wonders before the word comes to pass. In Mark 16, 20, it says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, unto the, unto the disciples, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders. The question remains, what is the prophetic word the Lord needs to hear to provoke his hand to confirm his word with signs and wonders? You know, only time will tell. Many believe that we're going to go into uh, a, a time of great revival with signs and wonders. And I'm praying that that's going to happen. 
But I ask you the question, what is the word of God that's going to provoke and call down those signs and wonders? Time will tell. That's true. You know, folks, we're out of time. Uh, this is our first Q&A from Prophecy USA. Thank you for joining me, Karen. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And now this is Rick and Karen Pearson from Prophecy USA, and we're reminding you that Jesus Christ is alive and he's coming back much sooner than many people think. See you next week. Shalom.